As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. This is the Athletics Manchester City podcast, Why Always Us. I'm David Mooney. I'm joined by Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Hello. And you can subscribe to The Athletic right now for a special price of £3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off full price. You'll get access to great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of the podcasts as well. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod to get this special 40% discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod. Uh, now, Sam, in this week's episode, uh, we're going to look back at uh, each of the factors that have gone into how City have reclaimed this Premier League title and break down the entire season. Uh, the one place I want to start, though, is uh, with the celebrations from this week, because I think it gives a nice little insight into in, into what the mood has been like at City this season, and certainly the second half of this season. Uh, here's what Guardiola said about it on Friday. The unexpected parties are the nicest ones and are the, the works better. Leicester won in Old Trafford. All together we came here and when we work in our bubble, like everyone is safe. We drink a little bit, we dance, we hack a lot. We remember how good it was and especially at 11.30-12 arrived 10-15 pizzas and that was the best moment of the night. Here in England the party is always just alcohol, it's not food, I don't understand why. So. And the moment Mark decided to bring the pizzas was perfect. No, I, uh, I cut it out of the, in, in there, Sam, but he was asked what his favourite pizza was. Uh, and he said oh, he, just, yeah. he just ate whatever because he wasn't in the best condition to choose. That, to yeah. me, says um, like somebody who's quite happy with life at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and after, I mean, obviously, after the Newcastle game, he was probably happy because they'd won. And it, you know, a bit of a weird team and they'd still managed to win and all this kind of stuff. But he was just obviously happy and in a good mood and... Yeah, just kind of enjoying things at the moment, and that that might sound obvious because they've just won the league. But it'll be easy to to imagine him being tense ahead of the Champions League final or whatever. You know, you can imagine that playing on his mind, and maybe some of that coming across in press conferences, and maybe it will close to the time. But um, no, I don't know. Like just before the semi-finals as well, he was nice and relaxed. And yeah, now the title's in the bag. Yeah, he's obviously in a good place. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's nice, isn't it? I think when you contrast how he was at the start of the season to how he is now, so, something certainly has changed, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of things. Like, <laughs> it feels it feels like so long ago. I don't know, like we're right at the end of the season now, and that was right at the start. But it just feels like a lifetime ago. Everything, like just everything in the world, really, and and obviously with City. Um, but he's right about the the UK culture of just not eating at parties. Well, it's not even a party, is it? It's just. A just pistol. a gathering, yeah. <laughs> like it's just the the UK culture for drink is outrageous, um, <laughs> and the idea, that, yeah, eating's cheating and all that. You can't you can't eat beforehand or during or, or it's just yeah, it's just a, a full on piss up. Is is so weird. It would have been it would have been a strange. I don't know. I do wonder what those like multicultural team meetings are like, because obviously you always get, especially like well if we're going to keep it to City, especially like City in like the the 90s and early 2000s in particular, you always get the foreign players talking about, oh God, yeah, the English lads really, really like to drink. And, <laughs> and even the English lads, you know, um, I've heard Nicky Weaver speak on a on a podcast about some of the sessions him and the lads went on when he was at City and uh, other clubs as well. Um, but I mean, if you think back to, was it, was it 
the Centurion season when Edison just went on a massive bender after after winning it. Yeah, well, um, part of it, me wondered if, if the reason why Scott Carlson played at, at Newcastle was because Edison was still drunk from uh, the, the, the the celebrations because it was him. He, he was photographed I think, about seven in the morning in his pool with a with a beer, and it was like the plane the next day or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't really expecting much from the Newcastle game for that reason because I was like, well, I can't remember. I've seen. I've got Brighton in my head, but I know it wasn't Brighton because City beat Brighton. I just remember Danilo scoring. But was it just Huddersfield? With the day I think it was Huddersfield, trophy? yeah. I think it was Huddersfield. It was the day they, they got the trophy, but was that after the piss-up? It can't have been. It might have been Swansea, was it? They beat them 5-0, 6-0. So I, I don't know. I can't remember. No, but there was one game that was just really bad. and I, But um, I, I think I'm just thinking of the Huddersfield game, but I used to think, or I was thinking, it, it was bad because they'd obviously had a drink the days before. But I don't. it can't have been the same match. It can't have been. Um, but yeah, I wasn't expecting much for the Newcastle game for that reason. I was like, they obviously would have enjoyed themselves. But you can imagine someone like, I don't know, Gundogan. Gund- I don't know. I'm trying to think of others to go with Gundogan. Laporte, maybe, just being like, yeah, we'll have a couple of drinks. And some of the others just going like, full on, Frank the Tank. <laughs> yeah. It would have been interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, let's look back at uh, each of the factors that have gone into this Premier League season, Sam. I want to start, uh, we've talked about it a lot, but I want to start uh, about that game in December, the West Brom game. Uh, It's famous for Guardiola saying that he didn't recognise his team afterwards. Um, He was asked about it again this week. Uh, Here's what he said from uh, basically what had changed in the months that followed. You have to know that in that period, especially I would say three weeks or four weeks before, or in that period, October, November, so we had a lot of COVID players, a lot of injured players, and we adjust the way we played more than the idea or the patrons, what we have to play for the quality of the players that we're able to play. And you have to adjust some situations in the way we are playing that make me feel a little bit, okay, we win games, uh, sometimes we draw, but I didn't recognize. So normally when I was in Barcelona by Munich, you could play good or bad or win games or lose games, but the patrons was there, always was clear the way we want to play. In that moment, I didn't know. I, I didn't recognize the team for the fact don't represent what I want. You know, I don't see what I want. And after that was the moment in the West Ham, I was wrong that I said in the press conference, we could have win because Gundogan and Rush had two clear chances, five meters penalty spot in front of the keeper, make it with safers. But it's not about that. We could have win that game, but didn't like what I saw. And after we reflect, I said, okay, come back, the A, after B and after C, but start with the A. And A means something what we have done all the time. And it didn't work quite well in Southampton that we won because because we won, but we didn't play so good. But after that, we continue to, to play better and better, winning games, winning games, and help us to get good mood, good confidence. And the rest came came from himself. So, Sam, what, what is the A that he went back to? Is it just simply, you know, shorter passes? Yeah, well, it's it's funny how he went through the A, B, and C, and he was like, first you need A. But they did kind of go back to it's more of a B at the moment, isn't it? Um, so A initially was yeah wide wide wingers, Foden on the left, Sterling on the right. At that point, I think it was um, Gundogan further forward because in another interview, he, in that in fact it was just that really good Rio Ferdinand interview with BT when he he spoke quite a lot. Then he said they wanted to get more men around the box. And obviously, at the start of the season, everybody hated the the double pivot and the inverted wingers, and he kind of got rid of that. Um, so Gundogan was suddenly further forward, um, being that more of an attacking player, not sitting next to Rodri. Obviously, Cancelo was another big change, not just coming into midfield alongside Rodri in the build-up, but joining, you know, as an attacking midfield position. So he was alongside De Bruyne and Gundogan. So there's your more men around the box. You've got the wingers on the well, out on their natural sides, out wide, kind of yeah, staying wide and giving space in the middle for those guys. Um, and yeah, just the you know, the rhythm, the the uh, I suppose just yeah, not rushing because he always says, well, he he said they were running too much, but that's with the ball. Obviously, without the ball, I don't think there's such a thing as running too much without it. For, uh, certainly not for Guardiola, is there? <laughs> no, um, but with it, yeah, it was you know. I'm, I'm conscious that a lot of people, you know, we've a lot of these t- turning points have been talked about, and I'm conscious that I've said it a lot as well. But um, I suppose the interesting thing is when we did our big read on the end of the season, which obviously went up last Tuesday when City were confirmed as champions, um, the data guys had been looking into it and they provided a couple of graphics, and one of them was how City have um, had the slowest attack speed 
in the Premier League this season of any team. Which, I mean, on the on the bare face of it, you think, well, that's that's weird. But when you think about it more, it's a bit more obvious because they've got more of the ball. The other teams are s- sitting back. Um, so the City are knocking it around at Looking their own pace. Opening. Yeah. Opening. So that makes sense. But I think... I think the the graphics showed that it's the the slowest attacks of any city team, and obviously in the Premier League this season. Um, and I suppose if you throw into that the, the chances when they do get an opportunity to counter attack and they don't do it, do they? You know, they might carry it to the halfway line and then check back. So that probably contributes. But the main thing will be how, yeah, they're they're patient, and patience has been a big thing. Um, again, I put this in the article. Um, the Leicester game at the start of the season, um, Guardiola later talked about how. Um, when it was one nil, they were they were pushing to try and kill the game off, and they were like trying more adventurous things. And obviously, that was leaving spaces because the whole thing about getting the rhythm back and not and not running too much is they weren't in their right positions. And when you're not in your right positions, you're leaving big spaces, and that's when the counter attacks happen. He, and that uh, would have gone back to last season. There was a quote, wasn't there, after that Leicester game that uh, I loved from him. That was It was something like that the way Leicester played was they were patient to make us impatient. And that's that, right. And that just that, that just kind of that, that illustrates it perfectly. But then when City beat Leicester at the King Power just after the international break at the start of April, uh, he mentioned in passing about how something about being nervous against Leicester and it was picked up on and asked later on. And he was like, no, no, what I mean was... And he basically then went back to the patience thing and he said in that in that first game, um, we had 1-0, we were trying to get forward too much and this, that and the other. But now, you know, we're patient. We, we don't we don't push the, op- the openings. We don't give them the spaces to break into. Um, but I mean, the interesting thing is and probably still one of the... A small, a small thing, but a mad thing. And one of the maddest things this season is that substitute against Leicester that we've talked about. Because as much <laughs> as you know, Guardiola says, "Oh, I didn't like the team and stuff," and I'm, I'm sure he's not shifting the blame onto his players because he very rarely does that. Um, and but when he talked about how they were impatient against Leicester in that first game, it's like you did bring off Fernandinho and put on a 17-year-old target man. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> After 55 minutes or whatever, yeah. <laughs> when it was one all, yeah. Like, it was so weird. Um, and, like, just so unlike him. And basically, I don't think he'd, he's made a substitute since. Uh, <laughs> so it, it was just very strange. But, yeah, it's it's all about... And, look, that's it's been the key to the season and it's been the key particularly in the Champions League. Patience, but being in the right positions. So that... And then... Going back to that attack speed and it being slow, and this is all about, you know, you can go down a rabbit hole here of interpreting stats in a certain way. And look, if City had of it, I mean, there wasn't really any chance of this because they are just too good. But if we'd have looked at that last season and said they've got a slow attacking speed, it would have been easy to say, oh, this is one of their problems. They're too yeah. slow in attack. But again, maybe so. Like, maybe that would have been accurate because they were slow last last season and in the early part of the season weren't they and i think the difference is this they're not always slow and it, it comes back to pausa the thing we've been talking about for a long time and guardiola mentioned it again in that rear ferdinand interview because you've got to slow the game down and then speed up at the right time make the right fast pass or fast dribble at the right time when the space opens up so you, you know you're causing those overloads, really, aren't you? You're attracting players to you and then giving them the ball at the right time and then one or two passes or maybe a quick dribble if it's someone like Foden. Um, yeah. Or even Sterling, to be fair. Or, you know, Mahrez, any of them. But it's just slow it down and then change the pace and go for it. But obviously because, I don't know, 95% of City's attacks are very set. It's just that little change of pace and that's been the key to the whole thing, really. And that's why they've not, strictly needed a number nine they've not needed a clinical goal scorer because they just play in that rhythm where it does help them control the game because everyone's in the right position they're not trying well when they are trying adventurous passes it's the right pass and that's why i was sure that Cancelo was going to miss the second leg i know i'm tying everything together there but it's just kind of it's just one big jigsaw but that's why i was sure Cancelo was going to miss the second leg against dortmund before he'd even played that bad game against leeds just because he was trying passes that weren't the most adventurous. But they weren't coming off. They weren't as safe and they weren't coming off. And it was just, you didn't need to do that. You're forcing it too much. And then you got the team running the other way. And that's, you know, City aren't going to win the Champions League playing that way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's what the Champions League in particular has been built upon. But yeah, that's how they turned it around. Not not running too much with the ball, not rushing. 
just doing it at their own pace. And obviously that pace, it's it's a difficult one because when you, yeah, just to recap slightly, when he says they're running too much, he means with the ball, not without. And when we talk about them having slow attacks, it's slow when it needs to be and it's fast when it needs to be. And that's what they're so good at. Yeah. As soon as they see that opportunity for the the right pass or something like that, and that's what Gundogan's so good at. And he actually said, didn't he, again in that Rio Ferdinand interview, we went back to how we played when David Silva was here. And that's what it is. Finding that power and that somebody who can make the right pass at the right time. And it's often Gundogan, but you know, Bernardo's developed in that sense as well. Um, and Foden in a slightly different way, just in the sense that Foden just moves through players so quickly and just makes things happen so smoothly. He can get the team 10, 15 metres up the pitch so quickly and and like Mares as well. I'm really conscious I need to write an article about how good Mares has been just to, to give one of the players his due. And I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to the players, but the fact that Mares is, he's in the top three, isn't he? The nominations for City's Player of the yeah. Year alongside yeah. the obvious ones, Gundogan and, and Diaz. Um, and I think that, that says a lot, an awful lot about him. Yeah, uh, just briefly as well, Sam. It's interesting to hear how um, it's it's almost that's almost Guardiola telling us again how he's not really that fussed about results. It's more about the performances, and that's how he gets the feeling from what his team is going to achieve. Yeah, because um, I mean, we 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 talked about that West Brom game, didn't we? And we didn't actually do the podcast because it was a midweek, and then by the time we did the podcast, it was after the Southampton game. And I always remember that Southampton game was that Bernardo Silva chance when he should have had a shot and he passed it across the box. And it was just so, it was just mad. And that at that point, it kind of summed up a lot um, about how City were, were getting on at that time. But we did say the most important thing about that Southampton thing. Kind of, it's the exception that proves the rule, really. Because as Guardiola just said, and as we said at the time, that Southampton game, they didn't win because they were particularly fluid or in control of the game. Like they like they did within a couple of weeks. They just had to win and they dug in. And it wouldn't be fair to say that sums up their season, but it kind of gets towards Guardiola's mentality this year in the sense that if a game's 1-0, he'll be thinking, okay, we can we can win this 1-0. This will finish 1-0. Yeah. Because he trusts the defence and he trusts the team not to give up silly opportunities on the counter-attack. Um, and I'm hoping... With you know, woe is me. You know, I know I've got a good job, so I'm not complaining. But I've got, I have got a lot on before the Champions League final. But I am hoping that article on how City stop counter attacks. Hopefully, I'll be able to get it up this week. Um, and that that says an awful lot, not just of what they've done this season, but what they do generally. But it's it's very good. So when Guardiola is obviously confident that and what I mean by is very good is is what City do is very good, not necessarily the article. Um, what, yeah, Guardiola is just confident that. They're not going to give the ball away in stupid positions. They're not going to leave themselves open to a counter-attack. But even if they are, Diaz will stop it. Stones will stop it. Walker will stop it. I guess as we saw with that block against PSG as well. Sinchenko will stop it. Yeah. And, you know, Cancelo as well. He's, Cancelo's form's dipped a bit, but he's not a write-off. So, yeah, all of these things were kind of established around that December-January time. And then the momentum kicked in. Obviously, there's the Fernandinho chat. And then there's, there's the, the momentum of those results. That in in the new year, do you remember when they had was it four or five, maybe six winnable games, and like four of them were in a row at home? Yeah, that's when it. That's when they were really that's when it taking off. In, wasn't it? Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We talked some about his new contract at the time um, because he was he was always saying that uh, he felt like he needed to earn his new contract and he and and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and we were saying at the time well well kind of show us show us that you deserve this this contract extension you know there's nobody in world football who I would rather give the job to right now it's it's, yeah. it's almost yours to lose in that sense but you need to give us something and show and, and give us some evidence that uh, that that things are going to change. Um, 
and we didn't really see that, but then he signed the contract anyway. And then the kind of the turnaround happened. Yeah, but then the turnaround happened after that. And I just wonder how much yeah. of, of, of the contract, of, of actually signing the contract, helps the team kind of with a little bit of, of securing the knowledge that, that Guardiola was going to be around for more than this season. Um, yeah, like you summed up everything that I was saying at the time. And I remember I did another, I think I did the the live podcast with Asan and the team um, to raise money for the food bank. And I remember being very down on it. Like, like I said, I always had said um, he was the best man for the job. And I always remember saying, this team can achieve so much better. You know, when we go back to last season when they were second, I was like, this team, they just need a few tweaks. But the players they've got, and what we said as well, wasn't it? It was like, Guardiola's so good and the players are so good. They should be doing much better than they were at the start of the season. So it was that. And on the other hand, me saying... Guardiola is the best they can hope for, but there was no bridge between the two. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There was at that point, there was no connection between these players are amazing, you're amazing, and there's nobody else the city could get that's any better. It was just kind of you're going to have to go and sort this out. And I wasn't sure that the contract was the catalyst for that, because like we said, like he said he'd have to earn it a bit, and there was no real element of that. In the end, it wasn't down to that, was it? It was down to Al Mubarak just saying, "Look, we we are we do think you're amazing. We we can crack on and do whatever you want." But then, yeah, it was it was then it wasn't the contract that signed it that sparked it. Really, was what we've just talked about for twenty minutes. But what um what he did say was again in that reaffirmed that interview, he said, "Look, the managers are the most vulnerable. He goes, the managers are the the ones that if things are going wrong." it's easy just to say, right, it's the manager because they're the kind of front facing of it. You know, they, they're the ones giving interviews every week and everything's analyzed and stuff. Um, but he was like, when everybody knows, he goes, when the players know and the media know and everybody knows that I'm safe, that gives me freedom to make the decisions that I think are right for the club. And the beauty of that is the decisions he makes are usually right. Yeah. Um, he might have persuaded a couple of the players who might have been thinking well I'm going to be here longer than this guy so you know we'll just get through to the end of the season and if he goes we'll then see what happens at that point some of them might have thought okay well I'm going to have to really knuckle down otherwise you know I'll be gone first and and I think most of them are very happy where they are um, so yeah the, the contract didn't necessarily flick a switch but uh, it probably helped but the main the main thing was Guardiola changing the, the tactics midway through the season yeah, well, he's been talking about uh, that contract again this week. Uh, this is how he reflects on on the impact it had on the season. In the terms of, of the club, I don't know, stability, but that it's true when everybody knows the manager will be the next one or two or three years, that makes <laughs> certain stability. Saying that, the contracts of the manager are so volatile because if you don't win, you, you'll be sacked. So that's why the, the player had the contract, but the manager, if you don't win, it doesn't matter how one year, two years, three years. You will be, you know, you will be fired. The, everybody knows it. Listen, the players trust you, especially if you win. If you don't win, even you are one month, three years, five years, they see weakness of what you have done. Even what we have done so far in the recent past, we won a lot. If you start to lose, they start to believe or they start to doubt about you. So the best way to convince them is try to win games. Yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. That. I think that's one of those times when Guardiola speaking generally, but very specifically. I think, and I think, I'm pretty sure that was the case, particularly after Leon. I think a few of the players were thinking, not really sure what's going on here, and for good reason. Maybe at the start of the season, even more so, because just from the same the same feeling we got on the outside of, are they are they better than last year? I don't think they are. And also, some of the players were like, just. You know, Guardiola's mood was no better in private, really, than it was when he did the press conferences. So, yeah, at that point, I think some of them, some of them were probably thinking, not really sure where this is all going. Yeah, uh, and yeah, that that's yeah, that's one of those examples of him talking like, oh yeah, this happens generally in football. But I think he he knows exactly what he's talking about. And it's a bit like after the Newcastle game the other day when he talked about all the players are available. He was like, yeah, that's why they all hate me because because they don't play all the time. And I, I'm sure that was that was probably targeted at a couple as well. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, Caldoun as well, Sam. Uh, the chairman played a role in getting Guardiola to resign for another two seasons. Uh, here's what he here's what Guardiola said about that uh, about that relationship. I travelled to to see him 
in in November and and we have a long discussions together and he convinced me that still we have a lot of work to do and I trust him a lot and I said the way he said to me I said okay we're going to try it again in the next years and part of the reason why the my happiness here or success we had is but his determination to convince me to say um, we still have to do it because we cannot forget we came from from disappointment from Lyon and qualifying us for the Champions League the previous season no holidays and we start with a lot of up and lows up and downs not not very clear and that is the big difference what I found what well, I had the feeling in sometimes in other clubs and other I would not say because I've always been supportive in Barcelona in uh, in Bayern Munich but I had the feeling that the manager always been supportive when you have success and I cannot forget now my first season, first season here, where I didn't win anything, the behavior of my chairman. And I cannot forget the big disappointment personally against Lyon, the support I had from my chairman. And, and that's why it's part of our success. It's absolutely dedicated to him, to support me, like me support my backroom staff because I support them. And of course, the players to continue to do it. I saw uh, he trusts me. I cannot assure him that success. I cannot assure anyone how it's going on. No one can assure it. I saw in his eyes. I saw in the way in our dinners together with the families and everyone. I saw he. I trust you, Pep. And it doesn't matter how you have to do it. And that's why we decide there. Okay, we're going to stay longer. Now that the bit where he talks about um, never feeling more supported at Bayern Munich and Barcelona, and 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 how he feels about being at City, that almost says to me that he knows that he's never going to get it as good as he's got it here. Yeah, of course he does. Of course he does. Um, and I mean, but I mean, that the details of that chat and the way he spoke at the end of that clip, kind of emotional. You can just imagine, imagine it, and how he that gratitude he clearly feels. And obviously, with Leicester winning the cup at the weekend. People are like, would you get other owners on the pitch? And look, I'm not, I'm not sure if, with bubbles and travel and everything, I don't know if Caldoun's going to be able to be at the final, let alone on the pitch. But I was thinking, he might not get big hugs from the players like Leicester's owners got. But I was like, if if Caldoun was on the pitch, he'd get him and him and Pep would have a huge hug because of this kind of stuff. The rest of it, it's not necessarily new. Like we knew back at the time before he'd signed the contract, and. I, it's easy for me to say because I'd written this in, in that article after that awful West Ham game when I was just saying, look, it just needs to be sorted out soon. Um, and interestingly, some fans wouldn't have been too bothered if it had gone at the end of the season because it was kind of kind of understandable at the time, given how it was going. And nothing seemed to be changing, did it? And obviously in that West Ham game, Garcia was playing and people didn't like that and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I wrote then, that it was like, the club, just there was no doubt in their mind that they want him to stay. And like, why? Why would you have any doubt, really? Like they, they know how much of a genius he is, really. I mean, maybe they could have worried that. Um, I suppose, yeah. I suppose it's it wasn't a given that they would be like that, but um, they know they know what he's like, and they know that they'll give him everything he, he can to succeed and and have him there as long as possible. But yeah, the only other concern I can't remember if I wrote it or just was talking about it at the time was Guardiola. He did know because he's not stupid. He he did know that he that would be the best he would ever have it at any club. Unless he goes to like New York or something, which would be pretty much exactly <laughs> the same. Um, but the only thing was, maybe at that point he was feeling so low, he was like, "Well, I know this is never going to be, this is never going to get any better." But I, I'm I've, I'm tired. I've had enough. That's it. Like it, they're not listening to me anymore, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He 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 could have still possibly made that decision, and obviously he did. He did still have something to decide at that point. And it was Caldoun's kind of trust that, that swung it. But he could have easily decided, yeah, I know this is great, but it's still, you know, when you've got to go, you've got to go kind of thing. And yeah. look, maybe he would have regretted it in 18 months, 10 years or whatever. But um, yeah, he, he, he definitely knows that he's not going to get this anywhere else. I'm just wondering if if that, if that meeting where he said he looked into Caldoun's eyes and he could see the trust there, I, I'm just wondering if that then is able is is one of the catalysts to actually make him change what he was doing this season because it 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 has given it gives him that platform to build it 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 kind of 
it's almost the the trust that the that, that the higher ups are giving him is to say, well, you know, go and do what you need to do to this team to get them winning again. Don't don't kind of feel like like you're in the last year of your contract and you just can't, and you've got to kind of do your best with what you've got so far. If you need to rip things up and start again, do that. Yeah, possibly later. Although don't forget the very next game was that defeated Tottenham and they were it was just the same toss when they went to goal down they just think they ain't coming back into this or certainly a 2-0 anyway when there was about 20 minutes half an hour left so yeah it like like i said before it wasn't the contract that really sparked it but yeah maybe as the season went on or as the the month or so went on yeah the the small element of the players knowing that guardiola's there yeah that might have that might have helped a bit and maybe the thing is He's so headstrong anyway, isn't he? And especially with his coaching stuff around him and and Cheeky and, I don't know, in particular, Juan Leo, if they're giving him those ideas and talking about what they need to do, he he would have done that anyway, I'm sure. But, I mean, maybe yeah. he felt slightly more emboldened, but Pep's Pep, you know, if he thinks, if he thinks something's <laughs> the right decision. He'll do I remember it, speaking yeah. to Well, I remember speaking to Dominic Torrent about the whole overthinking debate and stuff like that, and he was like, look, and we we're talking about you know making changes in big games, and he was saying how oh, they make changes in all the games. And he was like, when Pep came up with playing Messi as a false nine before Madrid, Torrent was saying, "Don't why Madrid? Like do it in another game? Like why? Don't don't do it now. There's so much at stake." Pep was like, "No, no, no, we're doing it now. This is it's for this game. You know, obviously it could work in other games." But he was like, "This this is why we're doing it against this team." And and he talked to me about how he knows that when you go to the Bernabeu, you've got to have a lot of personality. You've got to play there because if you get scared and you shrink, then then you'll lose and stuff like that. So he is very headstrong. And although he's kind of matured and and got better and adapted as a coach over the last 10, 11 years, like that, that's always going to be there. If he thinks there's a the right decision to make, then he's going to make it. Yeah. Uh, well, while we're while we're kind of discussing the squad as well and uh, and and his his impact on it, um, it also seems that he's still very hungry to improve this team. Here's what he said yeah. when he was asked about how he motivates a winning side to to kind of carry on and and just keep winning. It's so addictive to win. Win is so nice. You sleep better. You eat better. You laugh more. Uh, your relations with your family is better. Everything is better with your friends, and it's addictive. And after that. Why should I stop when we still we can do it? Why should not try to win again when still we can do it? Why should not improve our game plan or our game when we can do it? Because from outside, got the results, but on the pitch today, I see the training, I see things I still I don't like, and we have to improve to the final. And, and that makes you do it. When you had the feeling that it's enough, that... Uh, the pleasure to win another Premier League don't make you feel something special or in Europe achieve something is not and after is the moment to say bye-bye. But since they have this desire to win and the players, of course, they love to play football and they want to play still, they have it. We are going to continue to try to do it. I, I don't know about you, Sam. I'm, I'm in the kind of mood of get that contract for 15 years in front of him right now because it, like, it's almost like he's, he's never been yeah. happier. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that might have been where you were going with the last question about him knowing he's never going to have it any better. And I, it started to make me think ahead. You know, if he goes to Juventus one day or, well, not PSG, I don't think that's going to happen, but another big club, I'd, like maybe he'd be like, okay, well, it's, a, it's another challenge. And to be fair, he'd probably relish that challenge if the time came. You know, if he left City at the right moment and either went straight away or a few years later. But it does make you think, like, as long as they keep supporting him, which they will. And as long as he's hungry and not tired, which will presumably get better once the world opens up again in the next year or so after COVID, hopefully, makes it makes life easier to live again and and enjoy again. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't rule out him signing another contract. I mean, to be fair, I must say, um, when he signed the contract, I thought maybe he'll get to the end of next season and then go anyway. But yeah, yeah now I'm now I'm thinking. Um, I don't, yeah, don't see why he couldn't stay for longer. But I don't want to get into dynasty chat quite yet because that's, yeah. you know. I mean, that, that's the thing. Do you, do you feel like there's like like he sees a lot more that he can do with this squad? Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think he always does, and I think that's always the same. So when he was talking there, again, that's a very. I think that is a general Guardiola principle that applies to all his clubs. Like he always feels there's there's ways they can get better. And like just as a a, a brief aside, do you remember when he won the first six games? in his first season and everyone was like god this guy's great he's going to piss the league this year and he was like lads we've got so much work to do we've got so much we can improve and we were like how could they possibly be any better than this they're really good like 
five years down the line, obviously now Champions League final, they're still talking about being better. And I think, you know, being better will be bringing a striker, bringing a striker and integrate a striker, um, top level who can score a load of goals, but without sacrificing that control that the false nine gives them. You know, that'll be a, an interesting little challenge. Those are kind of ways that they might look to, to get better, you know, be more clinical and go back to the 2017-18 levels and even the season after levels of scoring loads of goals, um, but staying as solid at the back and not giving up the counter-attacks. Um, that, that's probably something he's thinking of. But yeah, um, yeah, it wouldn't be... You know, at the moment, it sounds like he can stay for a long time. Obviously, things change quickly in football and we'd have been having this debate after the, the last title in 2019 and then obviously it went wrong for a bit. So you never know. But yeah, yeah things are obviously looking good. And in terms of the improvements... Yeah, I mean that's what that's just what drives drives him on the whole time, isn't it? Just absolute constant need for for evolution. And it's it's weird, isn't it? How he talks that one of those clips we heard earlier on, where he says, uh, oh, "We all know that if the managers don't do well, they're fired." It's like, well, maybe that's a, that's a general rule for football, but that's clearly not true for you, is it? Like, it's, no, it's not. It's completely no. the opposite for you. The club trusts you implicitly. I can't remember what I was saying at the time, but. No, that was it. That was, when it, when it was coming up to his new contract, and whether he was going to sign it or not, I was like, even even if he said he wanted to walk away, they would probably do everything they could to persuade him otherwise. Like un, unless he was literally like beaten down and like no, like just a husk of himself, they would have said no, no, no. Like there's no way we want you to leave. And and if he was in that situation, then the team would have been really struggling. So yeah, there's. There's, there's no danger of that. There's, there's, there's no danger of that. Um, yeah. I can't even imagine what it would take for him to get sacked. Like it would have to be a mutual thing. But even so, it would be so mutual to the extent that Guardiola would have to like beg them to go, basically, because <laughs> they, or they would have to see in his eyes that he literally couldn't give any more. Or yeah. he'd be like lying in his bed somewhere, just needing a rest. And they'd be like, okay, well, we're going to have to let you go here, but it's with a heavy heart. Like, it would basically have to be him resigning, really. There wouldn't actually be any mutual consent, actually. Yeah. But, um, yeah, seems far off at the minute. Yeah. Um, we we talked earlier in the season as well, Sam, uh, and you mentioned him earlier on in the show, actually, uh, Juan Marleo. We talked about um, a lot of the fans who were not re- uh, consistently questioning what he was bringing to the setup. Um, this year was the first full season with him as uh, one of Guardiola's assistants. Um, I asked Guardiola this week about uh, Leo's impact on on uh, on the team and what role he played in winning the title. Uh, this is what he said. Before uh, talk Juanma, uh, I want to talk uh, from Rodo as well. Uh, Rodo was incredible supportive. He's five years together as well. He was incredible supportive um, in the preparation, the trainings and lectures of the game. And many, many things. It was so important to me. Rodo make an incredible step forward this season. Uh, I knew him a little bit for our period in the academy from Barcelona, but not much. But now he's a, um, a friend of mine, a close, and he was so important in many things. Juan is a friend from a long time ago. I went to Mexico to be trained with them, with him. I learned a lot being there as a, his football player. He sees something like I'm not able to see and especially has something so important for me. He's an incredible optimistic, incredible. Always has ability, have two things. One is this one, optimistic. And the second one, never ever speak bad for another person, never. Normally in these groups, always the people when they start to lose games or not going well, always to make to find excuses to speak bad to the other one. Juanma is completely the opposite. Always see the positive things of the human being. Always see the positive skills for the player. Always sees the, the you know, in the bad moments, always have the tendency to find how good is going to come in the next weeks, in the next month. Normally the manager will have a lot of pressure. All the managers knows it for the media, for the decision, the players who play, the training, how do you have to do? And have this balance with Juanma helped me a lot. A lot personally, he has to say the right words in the right tempo to me. Of course, to the to the to the player. Sometimes, what what we need, a part of the skills of the vision of what happened. That's why this year both of them, both of them so important. But of course, I have one person like we start for the day one in Barcelona is uh, Lorenzo Buenaventura. That is our physical trainer. 
that is a again is another one of the nicest persons I ever met always helping and we have incredible human human guys here that is the reason why in the bad moments we were stable we never we didn't drop we were maintained positive and the results and the quality came came later uh, now Rodo in that clip is uh, Rodolfo Burrell uh, another one of uh, Guardiola's assistants there it sounds Sam like he's got a, a a nice little team around him that can kind of keep his emotions in check especially with Leo as well yeah um when he said incredible human guys, it made me think of Westworld, like they were making them in a lab or something. <laughs> um, I could just imagine that, actually. They should do that with, with Aguero. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's just, uh, again, when Arteta left, there was a lot of, oh, you know, uh, they, you know, they struggled because Arteta left and all that kind of stuff. And obviously that, that chat's dried up. Um, even at the start of the season, don't forget when you know I, I keep mentioning how you know some fans thought it might have been the right time for Pep to go. There was a lot of two plus two stuff going on with Juan Marleo. There was a lot of oh well, this guy's obviously not doing anything because they're not playing very well at all. It's like well, how can you possibly know that? And people, I remember some people were like, asking me questions, but like it was like a statement of fact that Juan Marleo is not doing anything. And it's like well, how can we possibly know? Uh, there's no. There's no correlation there, really. And, and like, it, it feeds back into the idea that Arteta was somehow the one giving Guardiola all the ideas in his time at City. And it's like, well, they weren't working together before that. <laughs> how, could, how could that possibly be the case? Guardiola is the main man, the main genius, and he, he gets help from very talented people around him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, obviously, it's, things have worked out brilliantly this season, and, and while my Leo has been fantastic for Pep, it, that's an article. I've, I've said this all season. It's an article I've wanted to write about his impact and the plan is to to do that article before the Champions League final. Um, just trying to get as much new information out of it as possible. Obviously those quotes and those kind of things help to to tell a story and they'll go in, but new information as, as far as possible is is what we're after. But apparently really popular with the players. Yeah. And not all of all the players, really. Not not just the Spanish speaking ones. Because he doesn't really speak English as as we kind of said when he came about a year ago. I was uh, I was also uh, reading um, Paul Hurst and Paul Bias's piece in the Times uh, about uh, the impact of Leo as well in there, and one of the things that um, that they that they put in that uh, that Guardiola was quite in, was quite uh, happy with was um, just even his, his his kind of sense of loyalty because I didn't realise he was offered the Chile job in January and he turned it down yeah. to stay at City. Yeah. Um... Well, he's one of these, yeah. That like he's just he's just a really good guy by all accounts, and yeah, he is one of those like loyal, loyal guys. And it's the same way that um, I'm trying, I can't think off the top of my head, but there's some. I'm sure there's some kind of pet parallel, how he wouldn't have left somebody out of loyalty or something like that. Um, but yeah, he's just. It's just the, obviously his impact on Pep goes back to his playing days, as as has been well told. If people haven't read my article from when he from when he came to City last June, I'm, hopefully you'll be able to find it on the Athletic app. But if you can't and you want to, just send me a DM and I'll and I'll find a link. But yeah, he's just he's just a, a reference point for Pep in how to kind of conduct himself, obviously in in football terms, but like personally as well. And they've got these values around that that team that they talk about and that's I, I why... also wonder I, I also wonder you know you know when you think of of the old um uh, brian clough peter taylor comment where it was uh we sit down and we have a discussion then decide that i'm right i always yeah. wonder kind of how much impact input guardiola's assistants are able to have because uh, there was a hint in that in, in that guardiola clip that that leo was the sort of person who was able to say very calmly look pep i don't think you're right on this i think we need to do this instead yeah, and and Guardiola would take that consideration seriously, and 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 kind of then, kind of look at all of his options, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, he he will listen to that, but it's like that's there's a kind of roots in that when we ask him a question or ask him to explain himself. So I, he he thinks my questions are negative, but I'm trying to get him to explain his thinking so that I can then put it in an article and say, this guy's this is this is this genius in football. This is what he's thinking. Um, but he obviously looks, you know, journalists, like, are we qualified to give him suggestions or ask or whatever? And sometimes, you know, if they've lost and we ask a question that's a bit like, oh, why did he do this? He's thinking we're having a go. So he's not going to listen to us. And fucking, like, why would you? Like, I, I wouldn't listen to us. I don't. Um, but, like, that's why. And, again, it's in the article that I wrote. He wanted, in Juan Marleo, 
somebody who can see things that he doesn't see, which I think was in that clip, or at least he said it on Friday, see things that he doesn't see or can't see. But he had that in Dominic Torrent, who was with him for about 10 years, starting at Barca B, and he had that in Arteta. And like, and like with Rodolfo Burrell, he brings other th- other things to the group um, and other things to Pep, but not necessarily that. He wouldn't go and stand out on the touchline and say, I've seen this in the game, I've seen this in the game. And obviously Pep, like Carlos Panchart as well, who's his analyst, who's been there since he was with Torrent back at Barca B in 2007, eight, yeah. Um, yeah, that would have been right. And he sees things, you know, so sometimes Guardiola will like, well, you do your analysis, analysis I'll do mine and we'll compare it and normally it's the same but sometimes Planchard sees other things and and they do it and that's what he wanted from his assistant and he'd lost that when Arteta left there was nobody really on the staff that could do that um but yeah he got that with Juan Malio and yeah he's if if there's somebody who knows football and understands the game then he he, he will 100% listen to them but I mean how many how many people in football must there be there must be quite a lot because it would be a hell of a coincidence to get three of them. You know, say there's 10 <laughs> in the world to get three of them over the last 10 years. So, I mean, there must be quite a lot. But, I mean, these are guys that, um, you know, incredible football brains, really. All the, like, oh, I, I always go back to when people talk about how anyone could do what Pep's done with that money or those players or whatever. Like, I always go back to like the incredible like, coaches I know or just even like loosely know of who have got like UEFA Pro licenses or A licenses or whatever that, like, that aren't, managing professional clubs or they are you know, I was speaking to Gundogan's one of Gundogan's first coaches the other day he's the manager of Budapest, Budapest I think it is um, and it's like well you know like it's the old thing have you forgotten more about football than I'll ever know but on the outside you'd go well he manages Budapest who's, like, who's who, who is he yeah but and it's like do you appreciate how good Guardiola has to be to be where he is and to get people to listen to him for 10 years to well for more to the to the extent that all of his big teams and big players keep winning and don't just get complacent like that's that's how good you have to be um and so yeah i'm sure there's plenty of good football minds and great football minds around there because that's the other thing like Juan marleo has got this reputation in the spanish-speaking countries of either people think he's great and he's this proper philosopher a bit like bielsa really and others just think, well, he doesn't win any trophies. Like, what's what's the point? And obviously for Pep, you know, he's this great football mind and working as his assistant, Pep probably thinks he's won the lottery, really, because, you know, Pep always says Bielsa's the best in the world. I'm sure he probably thinks Juan Marleo's up there as well in a, as yeah. a coach in his own right. Yeah. Um, let's finish, Sam, by talking about uh, a little bit about the future because City have now won three titles under Guardiola. Three of the last four Premier Leagues have been uh, been City's. Uh, here's what he said about what it means for the club and uh, what the target is for next season. This title, we talk about that, this is important, but uh, we make a big picture of the situation. Manchester City, the last decade, last 10 years, won five. The last eight, won four. The last five, won three. So that is incredible. So that is more important than win this title, for example. So the last, I don't know how many years we are in the Champions League every season. And uh, yeah, we won five in this country in the last decade, won five years to 10 is, is massive. And it means a lot of managers, means a lot of uh, players. So many, 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 many play, team, uh, many people, sorry, working in this club to achieve what we achieve. And, and this is, I think what is we are proud the most of this organization because we sustain the success or we sustain the work ethic or we sustain many good things for a long, long time. Because of course win three in the last four years is I never expected when we arrived, be honest, because I know how changed everything in this country. And uh and always we were there. Even last season we could not compete against Liverpool but they were unstoppable. But we were second, we were there. And every season we are we are close to the top, and the target next season will be will be this one to be close up there. But every season, how the feeling is more difficult. Now, there's obviously the Champions League final to come, Sam. We'll talk about that in in future shows. Um, but for now, I'm the thing that I'm most pleased about for this season is just for for Guardiola on a personal level about how basically how we we all know how the narrative would have gone had this season not been a success. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of, I, I kind of feel like he's, he didn't need to prove himself, but it's almost like he has proved himself to the rest of the of the league. 
Well, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, I've been asked recently, oh, if he wins the Champions League, will that silence? No, it won't, because people will always find ways to criticise. If, like, if you don't, if you don't believe that Guardiola is great by now, then you're never going to, and that's your own problem rather than his. Um, and it's in, it's interesting actually because exactly as your question was then, I talked about me being on that podcast in around November time for ninety three twenty, uh, and me and Jack Jack Gorner on it. And we talk about winning the Champions League. And we both said, I think it was related to Messi, but we both said we both really want him to win the Champions League for himself. Because can you imagine, you know, at this point, it was kind of like, okay, well, if City sign Messi next summer and then they win the Champions League, all he'll ever hear is, oh, he needs Messi to win it. So we were both like, we'd be really pleased for him to win it this year without Messi, just so we can say, you know, I've done it. He can show up now. But Asan was like, and I know he goes, no, that's rubbish because people won't give him credit anyway. People will say it's about the money, and he's spot on. Um, but yeah, so fundamentally, I'd I'd be extremely pleased for him if he wins the Champions League, and yeah, absolutely pleased for him um, that he's that he's got this far because it's imp- that's that's the that's the thing, you know. When when you give this praise at the end of the season, you need to remember how things could have gone the other way, and if they had gone the other way, the reaction because I was actually. I think it was the last that's last time I was off was that November international break when he signed that contract. Um and I remember all the articles suddenly switched then to the challenge being, well, this guy signed the contract, not really sure why. He's now got to rebuild a team and was it the only the only manager other than Ferguson and, and Wenger to to win a title, lose it, and then win it back. Yeah, you know, that's what he's got to do. But, you know, it hasn't been done for, you know, since Ferguson retired and it's very difficult and his mood doesn't look great and nothing's really happening and all that kind of thing so i think I, I, I it wouldn't be right to say a lot of those articles were written with a lot of skepticism in mind but i suppose if i was writing them and i, I wasn't because i was off i was probably i was probably thinking this is going to be really difficult for him to do so then with that in mind if you're then passing judgment on what he has done you can only kind of bend over backwards to give credit do you know what i mean you, yeah, you can't because you he can't has... give him enough credit at this stage because all the challenges that were set he's yeah. he's met it was so easy for us to say even six months ago to say look I, I don't really see how he's going to reinvent this side and then you look you know six months on they put together what was it a 23 24 game consecutive winning streak and they've they just they boss the league in the end and it's it's all off the back of um the idea that basically what i was concerned about if you you know at, at the start of this season was that this this era would be remembered as a or in inverted commas a failure for guardiola if he didn't win this title because oh, yeah we've talked about that yeah just simply because you know okay yeah sure he won he won 100 points in in uh, 17 18 he got 98 in 18 19 he got two back to back titles first time that had been done in a decade yeah. but but but, th- but three out of five <laughs> yeah. years he'd not won the league that's a failure and i'm like well come yeah, on, yeah. Guys, and, then, you know. and they'd have said yeah 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 they would have said three. yeah i mean again it's it's might be a bit harsh for me to to, to say this and it might not have been the case but I'm pretty confident that had they not won the title this year especially if they'd have finished out you know fourth or or struggled for the top four like it looked like they were going to it would have definitely been okay well you did that but you know that was a couple of years ago now and you've not been managed to stay on top of it and of course you know if we're, if we're saying City had have finished in that kind of position they probably wouldn't have won the Champions League either and if they'd have gone then then it would have been yeah oh yeah well okay you did that but there would have been some kind of way of probably picking a hole in that, or even if not, even if they said those were two great achievements, but you never managed to capitalise on it, you never won the Champions League, blah, blah, blah. It would have definitely been a... There would have 100% been the question asked, because the media are very good at that. Oh, we're just asking a question. Are you? Like, it, 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 it definitely would have been, oh, has had, has Guardiola's time been a failure? Um, But you forget about that now, lads, because it's been... Fucking great! <laughs> I uh, I think that is the uh, is the perfect note to end on, Sam. Uh, that's it for <laughs> this week's Why Always Us. Uh, I'm David Mooney. Thanks as ever to Sam Lee. Yeah, cheers. Uh, you can sign up to the Athletic right now for three pounds ninety nine a month for six months. Just use the code Man City Pod. The Athletic. <laughs>